draft composition. Let's take a look at four of these drafts. It's going to be drafts 50 through 53. I'll actually work backward because that's what we've been doing. So I'll go 53, 52, 51, and 50. Just to kind of show you how things can be taken care of. So first one we'll look at is 53. We see something totally different here. No Dak Prescott, right? No early round quarterback. And so what we've done is we've pieced together. Quarterback is the place where we end up piecing things together. We have Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, and Jameis Winston. Jalen Hurts is, you're basically saying, this roster doesn't work if the Eagles trade for Deshaun Watson and he somehow gets to play this year, or if Jalen Hurts' experiment doesn't work out. But if the Jalen Hurts experiment does work out, then you're actually getting him, you know, if he starts all season, because of his rushing ability, you're actually getting him a couple rounds below where he would have been drafted based on the production that he'll get. So this roster is going to hinge on Jalen Hurts doing well. I'm not expecting Zach Wilson or Jameis Winston to win this roster for me. They're my backups. They're the guys who kind of fill in some spots. And you notice that Zach Wilson was picked with pick 178, Jameis with pick 207. You'll also notice that we paired those guys, you know, with Jets receivers, with uh, Saints receivers to kind of give, you know, an opportunity. Maybe maybe Jalen Hurts has some games where he only has 11 points and maybe Zach Wilson gets a 15, 20 point game that week. Maybe Jameis gets a 20, 22 point game that week. And so if Jalen Hurts can end up putting together 300 points throughout the course of the season, if he can end up being a fifth or sixth round quarterback. And then, you know, you get a couple extra because of, again, layering, right? Jalen Hurts isn't going to just be super consistent. He's going to have some down weeks. If you can get these good games on his down weeks from an aggressive gunslinging quarterback in Zach Wilson with actually a lot of good weapons on that offense and should be well-designed with Matt LaFleur calling the plays, you know, obviously, uh, or, or Mike LaFleur calling the plays. Obviously, his brother is head coach of the Packers. Um, they both came from under Shanahan's good pedigree there and a lot of good things that they can do with the players they have on this team. Zach Wilson could have some good games. Jameis could have some good games, assuming he's the starter throughout the course of the season, which is how we should be assuming things will play out. Um, then things, you know, you can basically end up with a fourth round quarterback here from Hertz combined with these guys. Hertz puts up 300, 310, 320. And his down weeks, you get some points covered by Wilson and Jameis, who were late round picks um, and, you know, end up with 350, 370 points from your quarterback position, which puts you in line with like the Kyler, the Josh Allens, the the Dax, the Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, and so on and so forth. So obviously quarterback is kind of one of the weak spots here. So how did that happen? Well, look at the way that the picks fell at running back. I had the number 10 pick, which isn't ideal. End up with Saquon Barkley and hope that Saquon's healthy. End up with Nick Chubb. You know that Chubb's going to be splitting time with Kareem Hunt, but you also know he's a true elite running back. He's going to push for the rushing title. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Um, And then picks 39 and 58, Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs. Now notice there are only four running backs on this roster because I don't need to worry about more running backs than this. I don't need to, what, what picks beyond these are going to be layering in extra points on these rosters. Once I've invested this many high draft picks into running backs, I'm going to say, hey, look, these running backs have to take care of things for me. These guys have to fill in RB1, RB2 on their own and hopefully fill in a lot of flex spots for me. Josh Jacobs is going to have some down weeks, but he's going to have some huge weeks. Chris Carson is going to have some down weeks, but he's going to have some huge weeks. Hopefully Saquon and Nick Chubb are pretty consistent. They're both going to have some huge weeks. And 
among these four guys, I feel really good that RB1 and RB2 can get me some excellent scoring week in and week out with some spillover into the flex spot. Down at wide receiver, we again, we don't have like an elite, elite wide receiver here. Getting that 10th pick, Devontae Adams being gone and not wanting to, you know, I decide to take Saquon where he's been falling lately uh, and take Chubb as opposed to focusing on like O'Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins sort of thing. So now I'm going to piece together a wide receiver and I end up with Mike Evans and Cortland Sutton as my top two guys. We've already talked about these guys. Spiked weeks, but with some down weeks. So we're going to want a lot of wide receivers to try to layer in so that we can maximize their spiked weeks. Michael Thomas falls to me at pick 82. Let's say he comes back week four or five or six and actually has a good season. We don't know that that's going to happen, but at pick 82, if Michael Thomas puts together 11 starting caliber games, nine starting caliber games, that's more than you're going to get from a lot of guys at pick 82. So take Michael Thomas. We know that we're going to miss him for several games, but since we put him on this roster, we're assuming he's healthy and playing well once he comes back. And so we've got really strong wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three once we get a little bit deeper into the season. And then obviously still need a lot of layering at wide receiver. So we get Will Fuller on this roster for a more spiked week potential, more layering. We get Elijah Moore for some spiked week potential and some layering. We get Cole Beasley for some layering. We get T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, we weren't able to get Hilton and Paris Campbell on this roster for some layering. We get Marquez Calloway hoping that he fills in the Michael Thomas role and puts up some points while Michael Thomas is out. Luxury pick here is Deshaun Jackson, hoping that we get two, three, four huge games out of Deshaun Jackson where he starts over everybody. And so again, running back, a lot of high picks invested in running back. So we say, look, these guys have to take care of RB1, RB2, and get some spillover into flex. I'm not going to worry about running back deeper into the draft quarterbacks we had to wait on that so we end up with we're going to assume that Jalen Hurts does his thing and that these other guys are able to layer in and turn Jalen Hurts into like uh, a fourth fifth round quarterback because the weeks when he's down these other guys are going to be up Um, and then so what we end up doing at wide receiver is we just throw a lot of guys in there so that we get as much layering as much potential to maximize the spiked weeks as possible so that we get wide receiver one wide receiver two wide receiver three and some spill over into the flex because running back isn't going to cover flex every week so we also need the wide receivers to be able to spill over into that but you can see mike evans could put up a 20 point game in the same week that Cortland sutton puts up a, a 17 point game in the same week that michael thomas puts up a 20 point game in the same week that will fuller puts up a 25 point game we can get spillover into the flex with these guys. One of them's down. Well, maybe Cole Peasley puts up 13 points. Maybe Elijah Moore puts up 14 points. Maybe T.Y. Hilton puts up 14 points. Um, Michael Thomas is out. Maybe Marquez Callaway puts up 15 points. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, maybe he puts up a 20-point game and ends up starting over some of these guys. And so we just layer in a bunch of stuff to maximize our chances of getting these starting caliber scores at every single spot in our roster week in and week out. It's not just about cumulative points throughout the course of the season. It's also about the points that you're locking in in an individual week because that's how your scoring builds up throughout the course of the season. Uh, We have guys on here who can spike in week 17 and still give us some upside here. Tight end, we end up uh, with Jonu Smith at actually pick 135. Um, He's being drafted behind Gerald Everett. I went for Jonu Smith and then Gerald Everett dropped all the way down to pick 159. So we ended up scooping him there. Two athletic tight ends with yards after the catch upside. You hope that the layering works out and that these guys piece together for 150 points and become basically a fifth round, fourth, fifth round tight end. 
so that is roster number 53. Next one we're going to look at is roster number 52. Again, another very unique one. Um, pick number seven, not a great pick to have because you're either kind of reaching for Stefan Diggs. Again, I think that he's going to perform more like a second round wide receiver this year, or you're reaching for Austin Eckler or you're, you know, I'd love for Devontae Adams to be here, but Devontae Adams was gone when I got to this pick. So I go ahead and take Ezekiel Elliott, who fell to me at pick seven. Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb the next round. So I've got good setup at RB1 and RB2. I know that I still need some layering because there's going to be some down weeks from them, but if I can get a couple running backs in the 60s or the 80s, I can now feel really good that RB1 and RB2 are totally set. Not going to be a ton of spillover into the flex, but Zeke and Chubb are going to have a lot of good weeks. They're going to put up, you know, 250 points a piece throughout the course of the season. And if I can get some layering in there so that on their down weeks, I pick up some extra points, then it's like getting two high first round running backs, like getting 275 points, 300 points from RB1 and RB2 throughout the course of the season. Wide receiver, interesting setup at wide receiver. Uh, I end up with Keenan Allen, who I almost never take, but he fell to pick 31. The other guys I would typically take here were gone. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Simmons, I can take them. J.K. Simmons, that's an actor. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I can take them here, but I already have Zeke and Nick Chubb, and they're not guys who I'm going out of my way to take here when I need to start filling in wide receiver. So I take Keenan Allen. Next up, I take Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's another guy like Mike Evans. 160 points throughout the course of the season. It's going to come with some spiked weeks and some down weeks. Keenan Allen, you don't get as many spiked weeks as you'd love, but you're going to get really great consistency. So wide receiver one is set, but not set in the way it's set with Devontae Adams, right? It's set like, hey, you're going to get the points here and you still need some spiked weeks behind that. So now we've added in Godwin. Below Godwin, we end up, uh, well, what we end up doing is we end up being able to get Javante Williams to fill in running back. Uh, Kyle Pitts falls to pick number 55 at tight end. So we're able to say, look, I'm not prioritizing Kyle Pitts here, but again, if it's not Kyle Pitts, I'm just taking two or three tight ends in the hundreds and hoping things work out. So now I've got tight end is totally set. RB1 and RB2 are going to be totally set. Um, I'm able to get Justin Herbert to pair with Keenan Allen. So I've got a good combo going there. I'm able to take Javante Williams at pick number 66, Michael Carter at pick number 90. So again, they've got that layering in there, a little bit of spillover into the flex, but especially RB1 and RB2 are totally set. So tight ends, totally set. Quarterback, you know, I'd prefer somebody with a little more rushing upside than Herbert, but I'm also going to say that quarterback is totally set. I should be able to get 310, 320, 340 out of quarterback, and then I can layer in some backups down the line. So now the focus is on filling out wide receiver. And same thing with that last draft, draft 53. It's going to be a situation where we're just throwing in as many guys as we can. We've already Keenan Allen for consistency. We've got Chris Godwin for some upside. So what else can we get? We get Russell Gage for some consistency with a little bit of upside. We get Rashad Bateman with some potential to have a lot of upside. We have Marshall with potential to have a lot of upside. We get T.Y. Hilton, who again is going to contribute some good games. Jamison Crowder, who's going to be a, uh, a solid contributor to this offense, to this roster. Marquez Calloway. Um, and we end up throwing in, down at pick 150, Adam Troutman falls 
from an ADP of 131.9 down to 151. And we decide, you know what, we're going to take Troutman and prioritize Callaway later on and then take Jameis as one of our backup quarterbacks. We also get Carson Wentz. We get a luxury pick of Ramondre Stevenson in the 18th round. And what we have here is a, is a roster where RB1 and RB2 are totally set. We feel like quarterback's totally set. We feel like tight end's totally set. And we have, what, eight different guys kind of thrown in there to fill in wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and spill over into the flex. The next roster we're going to look at is draft number 51 of mine. Another one where we have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And so we layer him in with Matt Ryan. I love this pairing because, uh, you know, on Jalen Hurts down weeks, we should still be able to get Matt Ryan might not have a ton of spiked weeks, but he's going to have a lot of 16, 17, 18, 20 point weeks. So if you can pair a spiked week guy like Jalen Hurts with a Matt Ryan, this gift, the layering works out right. You know, if, if Matt Ryan's solid weeks come and some of his spiked weeks come on the down Jalen Hurts weeks, you can actually end up with a 350, 375 point quarterback and feel really great about the way this looks. This is another draft where wide receiver kind of became the early priority. Uh, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, and all of a sudden I'm saying between these three guys and actually Julio Jones with the next pick. So picks one, two, three, and four were all wide receivers. And I'm saying, hey, between these four guys, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three are pretty much going to be set. Stefan Diggs is going to be near the top of the league in targets. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be near the top of the league in targets. Amari Cooper is going to be near the top of the league in targets. Julio Jones is going to have some big games in this Titans offense. Put it all together, three of my wide receiver spots are really well taken care of. Now we move over to running back where we say, okay, we got to piece together running back. This is a weaker pieced together running back, but you'll see that here we have Damian Harris, James White, Sony Michelle, and Ramondre Stevenson. So we truly have, you know, a third round running back here from these Patriots guys, because when you take the best score from the Patriots backfield each week, we're going to get 200 to 225. Uh, Javante Williams, obviously I wanted to be able to pair him with Melvin Gordon. It didn't work out. So then we end up taking Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, Damian Williams, Guys who, when Javante Williams disappoints, can maybe fill in the gaps on this RB2 spot. RB2 is going to be the weakest spot on this roster. Kyle Pitts, this is yet another draft. It's funny because I don't have a ton of Kyle Pitts, but just several drafts in a row, Kyle Pitts kept falling to me. Kyle Pitts fell to me at pick 57. So I feel really good that at quarterback, I'm set. Between Jalen Hurts, if he's playing all season, between Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan, I'm going to have, you know, basically a fifth round quarterback. I have a fourth, fifth round tight end. I have a really good setup at wide receiver one, two, and three between Diggs, Hopkins, Amari, and Julio. And so I know that RB2 is going to be weak, and I know that RB can't, or not weak, but it's not going to be the strongest spot on my roster. And I know that I can't really rely on running back to fill in the flex spot. So I get Debo Samuel as another spiked week guy who can fill in at wide receiver and help contribute to that flex spot. Jameson Crowder as a nice floor play who can contribute to that flex spot. And it's typically tight end is not going to contribute to your, your tight end two is not going to contribute to your flex spot. But if I'm assuming that Kyle Pitts is starting a lot of weeks, uh, Gerald Everett fell to me at pick 160 on this one. And again, we've seen a lot of just random tight ends on the Seahawks have big games 
uh, whether it's Jacob Hollister or Will Disley or um, Jimmy Graham when he was there, just like Russell Wilson will use that tight end. Gerald Everett is athletic. He has yards after the catch ability. He's going to score some touchdowns this season. So there's going to be some weeks where Gerald Everett kind of functions as a wide receiver for this roster and also helps to chip into that flex spot where, you know, Diggs, Hopkins, Amari, and Julio are really going to cover wide receiver one, two, and three for the most part. So I've kind of got Debo, Crowder, and Everett combining to sort of take care of that flex spot. And the only really weak spot is RB2. And that still has Javante Williams, who could put up 160, 170 points throughout the season. Zach Moss, who could put up 100, 110, 120 points and could layer with Javante Williams, you know, if if the layering works out just right, um, to where they actually end up kind of jumping up around, jumping up another round because the layering works out and you get 180 points, 200 points, 210 points from that other running back spot. Damian Williams has a chance to shine this year with Tariq Cohen still struggling to come back from injury and and David Montgomery's not going to be full-time all the time all season long. Uh, So Damian Williams is going to be the number two. Alexander Madison's going to get some touches. If Dalvin Cook goes out, Alexander Madison actually turns this into like another third round running back because he steps in. And so RB2 is my iffiest spot on this roster. But piece it all together, I've got RB1 covered with the Patriots. I've, I'm in good shape with all the different pieces I have for RB2. I've gone ahead and taken Madison to say, look, RB2 is weak, so let me play the injury game. If Cook gets injured, Madison actually becomes a league winner. He becomes the guy who can step in and become my other running back here and help me with the spillover into the flex. Wide receiver 1, 2, and 3 are taken care of, and I get the spillover into the flex with Debo and Crowder and Everett, and the occasional time where Diggs, Hopkins, Amari all have a big game, and Julio is able to fill in the flex spot, and Debo and Crowder are getting left on the sideline, maybe with like a 10, 12-point game, because I've filled up so much at this wide receiver spot. Last draft we're going to look at is draft 50 of mine, and this was a draft where I started out with pick 11. I ended up focusing on running back with the first two picks, Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor. I know I'm going to have some down weeks, but I'm going to have a lot of spiked weeks. I'm going to have a lot of weeks where RB1 and RB2 are totally taken care of. Now, this became a really interesting draft because when we got to pick 38, uh, so I, I take Will Fuller at pick 30, or uh, Mike Evans at pick 35. We get to pick 38. The other wide receivers I would typically take weren't, weren't there. And Chris Carson was there. And I thought, you know what? With Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and Chris Carson, I basically, we got Aaron Jones against the Vikings week 17, Jonathan Taylor against the Raiders week 17, Chris Carson against the Lions week 17. I have a chance for RB1, RB2, and Flex to be in excellent shape in week 17 with these three running backs. And throughout the course of the season, these three are going to have a lot of spillover into the Flex. RB1's covered, rb two. Uh, is covered and we're going to have spillover into the flex with these three guys. Where it gets really interesting is when we get to pick 59 and 62 and my typical wide receivers are not here. The Cortland Suttons that I would typically take here, the Chase Claypools that I would typically take here, uh, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, some of these guys that I would like to prioritize here now that I have three running backs, they're all gone. Dak Prescott's gone at this point. So I end up, people aren't taking running backs in this draft. So I say, you know what? Let me make it out of this 12-team league and just dominate RB1, RB2, and flex every week. Let me maximize my chances of getting 20, 22, 25, 30 points out of RB1, RB2, and flex 
every single week, and then we'll piece things together from there. I end up taking Josh Taylor and Daryl Henderson. And so what I basically have is five 1A running backs who all have big touchdown upside, who all have big play upside. And there's going to be a a couple weeks along the way this season where Josh Jacobs and Daryl Henderson put up 18 points and don't even get to start on this roster. Now, typically you don't want that. That's not ideal. But the great thing is most of the down weeks are going to coincide with up weeks for other guys. It's just the way things work out. And RB1, RB2, and Flex are going to be in tremendous shape throughout the season. It's like these five guys are all competing to start at these three spots. And I'm going to pick up 800, 900 points from RB1, RB2, and Flex throughout the course of the season with these five running backs. Now, I know that I'm going to have to piece together a tight end. In this type of situation, I'd love, I don't need to touch running backs from here. Running backs totally set. I'd love to get quarterback totally set. I missed out on the Dak and Kyler and Josh Allen, that whole wave. So what I'd like to do is get either Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts to feel like, hey, I either have a spike tweak guy with Jalen Hurts or a really consistent guy with Aaron Rodgers. So that quarterback, I can say, look, RB1, RB2, flex are all set. Quarterback, totally set. And that would allow me to say, all right, let me focus on getting three tight ends and a bunch of wide receivers. So get to these later picks. Uh, I take Will Fuller at pick 83 to give me another spike tweak guy at wide receiver. I take Aaron Rodgers at pick 86. So now I'm feeling like, okay, three running back spots are set, as an RB1, RB2, and flex are very, very set. Um, it's like having three first-round running backs or first and early second-round running backs when you put it all together. Aaron Rodgers is going to get me super consistent scoring throughout the course of the season at quarterback. I'm going to have 330, 350 points throughout the course of the season from Aaron Rodgers being on this roster. And now I know I need just, uh, I don't need to touch running back the rest of this draft. I don't need to touch quarterback until like deep, deep, deep. I'll take a backup quarterback. And now it's all about getting tight ends and getting wide receivers, just filling up these. I don't, I don't need to worry about flex. So I just need three guys who can kind of overlap and layer with one another to get me a starting tight end every week. Get me 150, 160, 170 points throughout the course of the season. I need a bunch of wide receivers so that I can kind of create some second and third round wide receivers out of the bits and pieces that I'm taking. So I end up with Mike Evans at wide receiver, Will Fuller at wide receiver. We got spiked weeks there. We've got Russell Gage and Cole Beasley as some layering underneath them so that on their down weeks, these guys can step in and get points. We've got Terrence Marshall Jr., who again has some upside, some question marks, obviously, because he's a rookie and who knows how he's going to be used in this offense. And Sam Darnold's his quarterback, but upside and potential for him to be a a game-breaking guy throughout this season. T.Y. Hilton, again, layering him in. Jamison Crowder fits into this Cole Beasley and Russell Gage area. And then we get Marquez Valdez-Scantling to pair with Aaron Rodgers because he's going, similar to to Deshaun Jackson, he's going to have two, three, four weeks throughout the season where he hits a big play on these downfield throws that they focus on on Marquez Valdez-Scantling with, and he's going to end up starting over some of these other wide receivers. I only need to worry about three wide receiver spots because Flex is already covered with running backs, and I've got the spiked weeks from Mike Evans and Will Fuller. I've got the safety from Russell Gage, Cole Beasley, Jameson Crowder, and we still have Terrence Marshall, T.Y. Hilton, and then we're layering in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And at tight end, we get Robert Tanyan, again, to pair with Aaron Rodgers, and we close things out deep into the draft with... Carson Wentz is the backup quarterback with Eric Ebron as the number two tight end, OJ Howard as the number three tight end, all guys who are athletic, all guys who have touchdown upside, 
And on the weeks when Robert Tanyan gets three points, maybe Eric Ebron scores a touchdown. Maybe OJ Howard scores a touchdown. Like Howard's going to score five or six touchdowns this season. Ebron's going to score five, six, seven touchdowns throughout the season. Tanyan's going to score five, seven, eight touchdowns throughout the season. And piece it all together. If these things layer correctly, you could end up putting together 175 points from tight end when it's all said and done. And if not, you're still in good shape because you're going to feel like you're getting 140, 150 points, which is a Kyle Pitts. You know, you're going to get that solid tight end covered and then hope that things work out in week 17. So those are four additional rosters. You can kind of see different ways that these rosters can come together. And with that, we are going to move on to some live drafts and talk a little bit more deeply about some other things, but also put some of this into action in action so you can kind of see how I go through a live draft and make these decisions as they come to me. Again, letting the draft come to us and uh, reacting based on what the draft is giving us, what everybody else is doing, and how we're trying to cover all of these spots while also positioning ourselves for a win in week 17.